As far as I'm concerned, I don't have birthdays. I have seasons, and I'm looking forward to the season premieres each year. You got canceled. <laughs> what happened? Oh, man. Some new supporting yeah. role. He's going straight to streaming now. <laughs> That's right. But don't worry. You're not going to Netflix. You're not going to Disney+. Plus. You're going to Crackle. Oh, exactly. no. <laughs> Welcome back to the Family Movie Night Podcast. This is episode 48, and we are here to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. And today, we are talking about the Pixar uh, amazing film from 2017, I believe. I don't have it pulled up. Coco. And here to help us talk about Coco, as always, is the hero of this podcast, uh, who we'll just go ahead and let you be Miguel in this, who is yes. definitely, or Hector. Hector's a pretty good he- hero in this podcast. Donnie as long Dorsey. as I get to play the music, as long as I get to, like, get the guitar. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, that is, that is the, that is the best uh, pronunciation there you could go for this movie. <laughs> that was the, the most Southern <laughs> pronunciation, the guitar. That's right. <laughs> very good and then of course the villain of our podcast uh sawyer hewlett who i guess in this is just uh generational curses in the flesh and blood sawyer hewlett i am i'm benjamin bratt okay that's that's who i am he's nope. the villain of the movie nope okay i'm <laughs> nope. shots out to the you're uh, like the that Chapman dog fan. that gets turned into the gets turned into the uh uh, spirit the, guide or something yeah, like that. Yeah, the spirit guide, and then eventually it's just a floating dog with tiny little wings. So <laughs> that's who you get to be. All right, and of course, the mom of our podcast, Heidi Cooper, trying to rein us all in. How are you doing? Oh, it's impossible. <laughs> no, <I'm just> <laughs> rowdy, rowdy boys. We're rowdy mm-hmm. bunch. Very excited to talk about this movie, though. And of course, uh, Donnie Dorsey, before we get to that, why don't you explain what it is we do on this podcast? Absolutely. So on this podcast, we encourage every family at Community Christian Church to have a monthly movie night to help you and your children build memories and start conversations that matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children to love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine regular time of connection and some shared experiences that'll help you build stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, movie nights are great opportunities to do that because movies are not just an easy way to share laughter and joy, um, fear and sadness in this safe environment, but they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most uh, in ways that are meaningful and memorable with your children. And uh, on this podcast, we want to not only recommend some movies you can watch on your monthly movie night, but give you some ideas of meaningful conversations you could have with your children during or after the movie. And as always, the point of the podcast is definitely not to add one more thing to your list of things you feel guilty if you don't do as a parent. Um, What we definitely want to do is make it easier for you and your kids to enjoy being together and build memories together and then have conversations about those things that matter. So throughout our conversation today, remember, we just want to have fun and help you think through simple and easy ways to share your love of Jesus 
with your kids. And uh, today we think the movie we have is a, a wonderful opportunity to do that. Uh, Coco, in case you don't know, uh, is a uh, family film from Pixar that is about the following. Despite his family's generation-old ban on music, young Miguel dreams of becoming an accomplished musician like his idol Ernesto de la Cruz. Desperate to prove his talent, Miguel finds himself in the stunning and colorful land of the dead. After meeting a charming trickster named Hector, the two new friends embark on an extraordinary journey to unlock the real story behind Miguel's family history. And we're going to be talking more about some of the themes surrounding that. But first, I just want to talk about why this movie works. I mean, what is it about this movie that uh, just gets you excited to watch movies with your family? So Donnie Dorsey, why don't you start and just tell us what is it about this movie that uh, works for you, man? I mean, okay, so I'm going to steal a little something out of the, uh, the villain's playbook here. And I'm going to say this animation Ooh, I'm spot talking on. spot on. Like the the detail, the intricacies of the backgrounds, the locations. I mean, it's so encapsulating and like entrancing a little bit to just to watch. And then the story of you know this young this young kid that's trying to figure it out you know, and has no idea what he's doing, but he thinks he does. And then, you know, dealing with all that, it's just, I mean, it's a chef's kiss. <sighs> yeah, I was saying earlier, I think this might be the most beautiful Pixar movie, and there are lots of really beautiful Pixar movies. Mm -hmm. But I think the colors on this, I think the design of it, just everything about it, the world building, uh, just the land of the dead itself is just, gorgeous to look at uh we were saying uh before we started filming i said maybe this will be exactly what heaven looks like like maybe it'll just be this colorful and beautiful and loud and beautiful like bold and everything uh just absolutely gorgeous a lot of fun there the villain of our podcast sawyer hewlett how did you feel about coco I liked it. I was I was saying earlier before before we were recording, like this movie is like a cheat code for my emotions. I hadn't seen it before. I may I might have seen it once, like at like a party or something like that. I don't remember. I did not remember anything about this movie, um, yeah. other than I remembered, wow, that old lady is really well animated. That's really the only thing I remembered from this movie. Uh, On your which, scale of old lady animation, <laughs> where does this fall? Oh, this, this is the top, okay? Okay, gotcha. and, and at the very bottom is Batman the Animated Series, okay? So, <laughs> uh, which is a show I love, but... Uh, Does it have particularly movies. bad old lady animation? Well, they're, just the, they're the exact same models as uh, every other woman in the show. So uh, I gotcha, I gotcha. Yeah. They just have her hunch over a little. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but uh, no, uh, I freaking love this movie, let me tell you. I, uh, like... In terms of movies where it's like it just like activates my emotions, the the ending scene when he plays his guitar for Coco, like entering that scene, I was like, oh, this is gonna be a really sweet scene. Literally, the guitar gets strumming, I'm like, <laughs> like it's just like lump in my throat instantly. I'm like, <laughs> like <laughs> it was, yeah, it was like it was like instant. It was so fast it, it caught me off guard it was 
Yeah. I mean, like, this, I'm, I'm like getting emotional just thinking about it. It's such a beautiful movie, such a, a great story, um, really intimate and stuff like that. We're going to get into the themes and it's a very broad movie, but I think my favorite idea behind the themes of this movie is just how intimate it is. It's about this little boy who has a passion and, and he has to find a way to glorify, to like, to bring it before his family is the thing. And mm-hmm. And it's just such a beautiful moment, the way that he figures out how to do that. Um, yeah. So, yeah. I agree. No, I just think this is an absolutely uh, gorgeous film. I think uh, for me, as it probably doesn't shock anyone, I cried like four times in this movie. And my kids, I actually think one of my daughters was crying and was trying to hide it. Uh, I don't know why, because I'm like a very emotionally vulnerable dad, but like she was like, I can't let my dad know I'm crying at this movie. So, uh, but yeah, just very emotional all the way through. And of course, uh, I, I got to imagine. Does she normally I, pick on you for your emotions? uh no i don't know if she does no but i mean they all they all tease me about the fact that i cry during every movie but i don't know i was just about to say if i was crying in this movie uh heidi must have just been the puddle of my own tears because i gotta imagine if i was emotional (laughs) heidi was losing it in this movie yeah it's a super emotional movie um yeah it's it there's so many wonderful things I could talk about, but just the relationships to family and, you know, the closeness that his family has, um, you know, despite their issues and clear dysfunction, uh, they are just a, a really sweet, sweet, sweet family. And the way that they are represented in the movie is really cool too. Yeah. Yeah. I think this movie is just killer. I think your family's going to love it. Uh, if they haven't already seen it, if they have, you probably already watched it 30 times. And of course it's the Halloween season, which is why we're watching this now. This is a great fall Halloween kind of movie, uh, at this time. And, uh, anyway, we want to get into that, but we want to talk about just the themes of this movie. And, um, we, we said before we even started filming, cause we had a long conversation before we filmed even about how, what are we going to cover and, and what are we going to kind of talk about to you guys? Because there's so much in this movie as there are in many of the movies we cover, but this one in particular, I think has so much to say about family has so much to say about what does it mean to honor your parents, honor your family, but also, you know, honor God and yourself. Um, I mean, one thing just right off the bat that I want to have just a brief conversation about is I think this movie gives us a good opportunity to just talk about the afterlife. Like what, what is, what is life after death, you know, look like? Cause what the premise of this movie is, this is a Dia de los Muertos where on the day of the dead, um, uh, the characters in this movie uh, are are able to travel. The I should say the characters from the land of the dead are able to travel to uh, to the real world, the land of the living, uh, if their picture is put up to be honored on this day by their family, and uh, if that if anyone in the land of the living is dying and they're the last person to remember you, you disappear in the land of the dead. If you are no longer remembered, uh, you basically cease to exist, it seems. And I had a really good conversation with my kids about, they said, well, is that what's going to happen to me? Like, if nobody remembers me, am I am I going to get lost? And I got to have a good conversation with them of saying, well, you know, this isn't exactly what, uh, you know, uh, Jesus says that life, the afterlife, life with him, life in his kingdom is going to be like I said. But, you know, the one good thing to know is that we do go on that we do, there is life after death, and that what Jesus says is that if we honor him, if we remember him, if we follow him, 
that he will always remember us. And so even long after, generations after anyone remembers my name or remembers stories about me, God will always remember me. And I'm always safe in his kingdom. And so that that's a good just conversation for them to understand that this idea that, but for them to know that, you know, the relationships we make, the way that we choose to live, it does uh, affect our afterlife. And so there's good conversations there. Um, anyone else have good conversations just around the idea of the afterlife in general? I know Heidi and I were talking a little bit about it beforehand. Heidi, did, did, were there any good things that you were able to talk about just about the afterlife in general? Um, yeah, I think uh, for me, I was able to just kind of point back to my kids and say like, you know, this is, um, this is sort of a, a fantastical or like imaginative, you know, way that we can look at the afterlife. Um, and there's beautiful parts about it that I'm sure like will be true, will resonate, you know, in, in whatever heaven actually looks like. But the most important part is, um, you know, like what we also talked about before this was, you know, just like kind of, uh, being willing to like, remember or to talk about the people that came before you and, not because you have to, or because there's some kind of obligation, you know, none of that is, is real, but because they shaped who you are and, you know, therefore you are shaping somebody else. And that's important to kind of pass that along, um, and have those conversations. Yeah. And I think, I think being able to have these conversations with our kids about, uh, and I love that final song that he sings about uh, the our love for each other will live on forever. Like that idea, I was able just to repeat that to our kids that that is what matters, and not necessarily just our love for one another, but that that at the center of that love is God, who is love, and that love is eternal. And if we make our life about loving God and loving others, then Jesus will remember us forever, and that that's what's kingdom. And you know, we don't have to have these scary conversations about you know, hell and you don't want to go to hell and you want right, to, you totally. can have these beautiful conversations about what life with God will be like and want to draw them towards life with God, which is really, you know, our hope as parents. So, yeah. And, you know, it also talks about in the Bible that we get to experience it with fellow believers. And so that's, right. that's another exciting part is like, well, you might not ever get to meet your great grandma or your, you know, grandfather on your dad's side or whoever, but you know, you might one day when we're all together in heaven, you know, that's like right. so that's another cool part to, to be able to point to um, well, that this movie shows really well, you know, in, in a fun way. Well, and even believers who, who I, that we all become a part of what, you know, early believers refer to as the communion of saints that, uh, that, that goes on forever, that before the throne of God, there are just believers who are there at all times and they, that they are loving God and that I get to interact, not just with my, you know, biological family, but I get to, I, I get to be a part of this family of God that is even bigger than that. And, you know, mother Teresa and, you know, these kind of like great saints that went before us, you know, Paul and Peter, and, you know, who knows, like we will all be a part of the same kind of thing. And so, like you said, even if here on earth, I may not know all of my biological family or legal family or whatever, I have this bigger family of God that I get to belong to that does exist forever. And so it is that love for each other, love for God uh, that really does live on forever. And we get to be a part of that. So I think this movie does give you a chance just to have that conversation. Um, we had multiple conversations about that. But the bigger theme, and this is what you would have seen uh, when you clicked on the episode, uh, is we want to talk about this idea of one, why does family matter? 
Uh, you know, why does God put us in families? This is a good opportunity just to have good conversations about family in general, right? That uh, family matters and that God put us in families really to be an example of his love for us, right? Because he refers to himself as our father. So that, you know, uh, we get to represent as parents God to our children, but also that the family would be an example of the church. That really, my primary family would not be the family I'm born into. That my primary family wouldn't be the family that we share the same last name, but that it would be this bigger family of the church. And the way that I learned to love my brothers and sisters in real life can either benefit me in the church, or it can really be something I have to overcome right? That all of these things. And that's a bigger part that we want to talk about that. And we see this in this movie of the kind of generational uh, curses that are placed on this family that then become things that Miguel generations later has to overcome in order to really love and honor God. And so, um, and obviously he in this movie is not trying to love and honor God, but that your children would be able to love and honor God. And so um, I wanted to kind of start there uh, in our conversation um, and so Heidi, why don't you start by having that? You, you had kind of brought this up beforehand of why it's important that we have conversations about, you know, generations and the people who came before us, but in particular in helping our kids to understand themselves and to understand their life in honoring God. Yeah, totally. I think that, um, you know, from my experience, like we, uh, we didn't talk very much about a lot of like the negative things and certain things that, you know, maybe should have been talked about and would have kind of clarified some of the, um, you know, behavior or things like that. And I think it's just, I think my overall message to parents on this would just be like, tell stories, talk, talk about these things with your kids, talk openly. And as honestly, obviously, you know, you have to, it has to be age appropriate. You don't want to tell your three-year-old about, you know, their drunk uncle, so-and-so and and what they did at, you know, Thanksgiving a decade ago. But, you know, you do kind of want to just be real with them as, as early on as possible and honest with them. And so I think, yeah, it's just tell stories and, and in equal measure, you know, the ones that, that, show the good parts about your family and the the ones that, you know, also kind of provide a little insight to your kids about maybe why um, certain things are a little bit more challenging in your family. And I just think it really helps kids to develop a sense of self in order to like see, um, okay, well, here's the kind of person that, you know, I, I'm kind of like, I lean towards in my individuality but I know that God has a purpose for me. And so these are some of the ways that I've you know, been gifted or some of the things that I've learned through life that I can use to honor him. And so I think it's kind of a way of helping you to better connect to um, the church and to the family of God and seeing, you know, other people as, as family and people you can connect with and grow from um, by having that kind of fundamental honesty about who you are, where you came from within your family. Well, and I think to that point, Heidi, uh, I think it's why it's really important. um, And I know this is hard for a lot of families, but it's why it's really important that at whatever age you can, as you said, age appropriate, we don't have family secrets. We don't have these like, oh, we don't talk about, you know, because that's what happens in this movie. If you don't know in Coco, there's, you know, and we joked about it's in Encanto too. We don't talk about Bruno. 
We just don't talk about that. We don't talk about that person. We don't talk about that part of our history. We don't talk about, you know, this person used to be here and, and they don't struggle with that anymore. So we don't even talk about it. But it's important that a child be able to understand because we often, you know, as Westerners, uh, but I think this is really true everywhere. I think family secrets are cross-cultural, cross-everywhere. Everyone has, we want to hold on to. But I think as Americans, we see ourselves as individuals first. And we like to think, I really, I was like formed from the clay. Like I just came up and that's who I am. But this idea that I belong to a family, right, that uh, has shaped who I am. Uh, and I have, there's biology that shapes who I am, right? We now know that uh, alcoholism, uh, there's even genetic markers to predispositions towards those things. And so to not be honest with our kids and be like, hey, you know, for some people, you know, it might be okay for them when they're 21 to have a beer or to whatever, however you as a family want to talk about that. But you, because of our family history, you may want to stay completely away from that because it's just not okay for you. Or maybe because of, you know, uh, Heidi already mentioned, you know, I have to talk to my kids a lot about, you know, I have a lot of anger stuff. My dad had a temper. I have a temper. You know, that's a part of it. The likelihood that you will have a similar thing is going to be a part of it, but that's that's just part of us learning how do I love Jesus. And so, I mean, I think all of that goes to it. And uh, Heidi mentioned, you know, having sharing both good and bad stories. But I think sometimes as parents, we want to shy away from the bad stories. And I think it's because we don't want to to taint our their image of like grandma or grandpa or whoever it is. Uh, we're trying to be very protective. Maybe it's we're trying to protect ourselves. Uh, how do we as parents have that conversation though? Like, how do you go about that conversation where you show both grace because you don't want to be judgmental, but you're also honest? Um, so if I answer this question, then I would say um, that you, it kind of, you can kind of like go like with the Bible and, and see how they did it. How, you know, like how, we can see Abraham and we can just read, you know, the stories of how it's, you know, he's amazing and the things that he did, but there are also stories in there about, you know, his, his, his indiscretions and, you know, uh, the terrible, horrible things that he did. And his, you know, Moses, like, yeah, he saved a whole, you know, uh, the people of God, the whole, the whole group, you know, but he also was a murderer. He was a liar. He was a, you know, trickster. And, um, kind of a coward in a lot of ways as well. And so there's just, there's so many different things that, you know, we want, I think it, it um, is just as important in those time in those tough conversations to just remind our kids, like, just like you're human and you make mistakes and just like mommy does too, you know, same with grandpa or same with, you know, great grandpa. And they did this thing that I really had an effect on the whole family. And so, you know, yeah. I just want to make sure you're aware of it and that we talk about those things so that if you have any questions, you know, I can be here to answer. I think that's the biggest thing is we just kind of want to like, like be real, be honest, be fair. And, you know, and, and really it's more about the information that they need to help them to guide them, you know, in what they might face as a result of, you know, the family that they either were born into or are being brought up in. Yeah. I know that uh, when, when we have done foster training and things of that nature, what they always say is that uh, kids uh, should know every part of their story by the time they are 10. 
Uh, and when that they they mean in that sense, like their birth story, their you know adoption history, all that kind of stuff, that you shouldn't try and keep any of that secret. Obviously, you have to have those conversations in varying levels of whatever that looks like. But I think it's also true for just you know things in your family that by the time a kid's age ten, they should be able to. There shouldn't be secrets that should be so deep because we tend to think that those are things that we we have to hide. But, you know, not many of us maybe are going to have like these deep, deep family secrets we have to bring. But I do think just the part that you talked about, Heidi, of I've got sins in my past, right? I know parents who are like, I don't want to talk about the fact that I had sex before I was married or I experimented with drugs and alcohol or I did, you know, I snuck out of the house. I don't want to tell them any of those things because I don't want them to repeat those behaviors, but there's a benefit to, and I think these are the two things, or I don't want them to change their image of me, but this is the thing I think is huge. And, and Donnie, it looked like you were going to say something. So maybe you can incorporate this or totally abandon this. I don't care, but <laughs> go ahead. So what I was thinking about, like kind of going, what y'all were talking about is I think it's important as a parent <clears throat> to create a safe space for honest conversations. Um, because a lot of times I think like what y'all were saying is that we do sometimes try to protect ourselves or the legacy that is out there for our family. And we neglect to say the truth of all of it, because it's the idea is like, you know, there's, there's the truth and then there's the other person's truth and then there's what actually happened, you know? And I think as parents, we have to be willing to, to accept and have that conversation and let our kids. And like what Heidi was saying is it has to be age appropriate. You know, if there's an issue with things, maybe it's like, Hey, um, I wouldn't do this particular thing because from our family's history, this could lead down a different path and then when maybe they don't have the questions then but they come back to you a year later or six months later and they say well what did you mean and then you can have that honest conversation because i think so much we want to have this perfect conversation right away and we but instead of having that perfect conversation we just need to make sure the door is open it's kind of like that idea of like as a parent you leave your door cracked just in case your kids need you you know yeah because you you want them to know that you're there but we're not going to be like hey look here go look this is everything you will ever need to know <laughs> don't be afraid and they're like ah <laughs> well and i think what we allow so let's say when you're having these conversations and your fear is a little bit like i don't want to if i if i'm telling the truth about something and you know they may think differently of me or they may think differently of their mom or their you know their their, their grandpa grandma whatever i honestly think they will think differently and I think mm-hmm. it's good because yeah. what it allows them to do now is to actually have grace for people and not to, on either sides, vilify a person. Because that's what we see in this movie, right? Is they had vilified this grandpa character who had, you know, or great great grandpa who had kind of gone off. And now we don't ever listen to music because mm-hmm. of this, right? Yeah. And they'd come, or what happens to a lot of people is my grandpa's never done anything bad. My grandma's never done anything bad. My mom never does anything bad. And it allows them to see the truth. And this helps inform for themselves that they can have grace for themselves, that all people are a mixture of sinner and saint. All people have good and bad qualities. And to be honest about those things, you're actually freeing up your children to have uh, honest and important conversations. And so I think the more that you can you can do that, you're actually opening the door for grace. Mm-hmm. Um, and because if you reveal all of this information at probably the most critical and judgmental age, 17, 
uh, you're, it's not going to be good because they will have think I have all the experience I need to make up my mind about people. But if this becomes just a part of growing up and, and once again, I don't want to make this sound like what you're revealing. You're, you're probably not revealing, by the way, my, your grandfather was involved with the Kennedy assassination to yeah. bring Kennedy back yeah. up. You know, you're bringing you are, up- you're way cooler than we all thought our audience. <laughs> yeah, <that's laughs> and by the way, don't tell anybody we told you this. Okay. That's right. That's right. <laughs> we could still face charges. <laughs> that's right. But, but what you are bringing up is, Hey, you know, I didn't handle my sexuality well. Or hey, I don't. I didn't always handle my anger. Or you know what? I I I got in trouble with the law. Or I got in trouble with X Y and Z. And you're just revealing. And the point is not to bring up the secret. The point is to aid your kid in being able to understand their predispositions to things. Yeah. And once again, that's not at six. It's just you got to have these conversations so they can understand um, the challenges they have in loving God and loving people. Because we all have challenges. And that's the yeah. thing that I have a lot with conversation with my kids because we come from varying degrees of challenges in my family. And to be able to say to them, everyone needs help with something. This is just the specific thing you need help with. And that's different. Yes, yeah, because it's that idea of like, it's damage doesn't mean broken beyond repair. Because yeah. Jesus taught us that very much so through the individuals that he chose to begin his ministry with, you know, is that, and I think a lot of times it's that just reminding ourselves that, look, I have things that I've done. And like you said, like maybe it's not the worst thing in the sense of like the magnitude of it, but maybe it's that thing your kid needs to hear that they will encounter a person down the road and go, man, you know, you're angry. My, you know, my parent, my dad or my mom was very angry, but I saw how much they could change and they see an opportunity to show grace to someone because they first saw it in a person that they respected and loved. So let me, let me pitch just a idea of how this conversation could go when you're watching this movie. Cause that's mm-hmm. what we do here. We're trying to have conversations around the content. So you're watching this movie and there's a scene in the movie where, uh, he finds out that, uh, this grandpa, he always thought his grandpa was this, uh, De La Cruz character yeah. who is like, basically it's like, uh, Elvis or like Julio Iglesias, like national treasure singer, songwriter person. Right. And, uh, he finds out not only is that not his ancestor, he actually murdered and stole the songs of his great, great grandpa. And they have this moment where him, not only does he find that out, but then he brings his great, great grandfather back to his wife, which is the, uh, the kind of matriarch of the family. And there's this moment where there's just all of this understanding kind of washing over the audience, washing over the family. And to be able to say to our kids in that moment, hey, you know, isn't it cool that there's forgiveness happening and there's mm-hmm. grace that's happening? And even though both people, you know, she had written him off, he had, did kind of at first abandon his family. Like there's brokenness. Both people did something wrong. Yeah. But, Everyone is a mixture of good and bad. Mm-hmm. Everyone is a mixture of good and bad. And then maybe even say, you know, I haven't always gotten things right. You know, mom, and papa, or your grandma and grandpa, they didn't always get things right. And there are things that I struggle with now that, you know, when when I was a kid, mom and papa, they didn't always treat me exactly the way Jesus would want 
them to have treated me. And I'm not always going to treat you the way that Jesus wants me to treat you. But what's important is that we learn to love and forgive, that we apologize when we do wrong. Like having, so that's a good way to just introduce the conversation of none of us, family, there are no perfect families. Nope. And we need to be, we need to be honest about it. We need to apologize, but we also need to give grace for one another. Yeah. So anything else to add on that? I want, I want to bring up, switch gears for just a second, but anything else on that idea? Okay. I think in the same vein, so we've already talked about, you know, we got to give grace and we're going to have these generational kind of sins and curses, these things that kind of affect us, you know. Uh, and Heidi had said this before we started filming, but you know, the people who raised you, they had someone who raised them and they had someone who raised them and all of those kind of things, they, 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 they follow us throughout our life. But the reverse is true too. The reverse is true that we can leave a good legacy. We can leave a legacy of, uh, following Christ. And so I think back on my family and I know my daughter, Corinne is named after my great grandmother, uh, so my mother's grandmother, who was also named Corinne, and was this the whole time I was growing up was this godly woman. I was just told of she's this godly woman. She read the Bible, you know, all day long. She would just read and pray, and she she had the character of Christ and the nature of Christ, and that was always very inspiring to me. And knowing that, you know, both sets of grandparents uh, on my side of the family, uh, they they all went to church. And they were they were involved in church and they loved God. And even knowing, and my dad has been open about this, that both he and my grandfather uh, didn't go to church when they 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 weren't very or they did go to church, but they were not following Jesus. They did not really commit themselves to Jesus until later in life. That that has informed a legacy of faith for me that we get to continue. And we know this just by and large that the that the pastors in America who tend to have like the most influence and the most impact of those things are themselves generational pastors. That it is people who they just continue to influence and families that continue to do this. Now, I don't say that that if you're the first person in your family to be a Christian. If you're the first person that somehow now you failed because you have all these things and you can't control that, I want to throw this out there too on this. You, someone has to be, someone was the first person to start the generational sin. Someone can be the first person to start the generational blessing. You can be the first one to say, from this point on, those things don't, they don't come past me. They don't come past me. And I'm thankful for both of my parents who have told me, you know, uh, of things that they, they knew that their parents did. And they said, I just said, I'm never going to do that. I'm never going to do that. And then I, as a parent, can do the same thing. And we can continue to create legacies of faith going forward. These legacies of blessing, not curses, blessing that go forward. Do you guys have anything to add to that idea of just being able to give our kids this legacy of blessing? Yeah, I think kind of like what, you know, along the same lines of what you were saying, but a little bit different is that the in in talking to them openly about these things, then it gives each generation like you were saying a little bit more of an opportunity to get this better you know like to yes. at least get a little closer to what Jesus would have us look like on these things you know um that the way that you know we can create a, a a whole generation of a family who's you know been riddled with addiction is to have a generation where they're so aware of where they come from and they're sensitive to that but they don't also live in, in total and complete fear. And so it's just like, like you said, you know, like 
just being honest about things, being open about things, saying, well, yeah, we're not going to do this, but this is something they really got right. And so we're going to move forward and, you know, add to that, build on that. And so that's the whole, you know, like you said, it could be a generational curse, but it can also be a generational foundation of faith that, you know, no matter when it started or where you picked it up, you can move the needle for your kids in a big way. And that will make a huge difference in their lives. And then those lives, you know, that you don't even necessarily think about when you're raising kids, but the ones that come after and after that and, you know, so on and so forth. Donnie, you sounded like you were going to say something earlier. I mean, I think Heidi summed it up pretty well. I mean, in the sense of like going from what the past was and then turning it into a foundation of faith, because I'm, I was talking about it with, I think with my mom um, and also my wife is that it's very cool to watch how much my children know about the Bible more than I ever did and how much their, their love for it and their like passion for it is. And I'm like, I didn't get that necessarily when I was their age, but like we were talking about, I have an opportunity to give that to them. And then they, as they build their legacy from our legacy, they now can have a bigger and greater and stronger foundation that changes the world that I may never see. Yeah. Well, and I think I, I think this whole conversation is just to kind of boil it back down so that we can kind of get it is the goal of this is what did come before us. And, you know, this is all throughout Coco. What came before us, it does affect who we are, but it does not have to determine who we are and that we get the opportunity, whether it's through honest conversations with our kids or maybe it's an honest assessment on our, our own part to look at these things. I remember, um, I think they're called genograms, if you want to look them up, like G-E-N-O-gram, uh, where you you kind of diagram uh, three to four generations of your family and you just kind of look towards trends. Like maybe you find out, oh, almost every man in these three years was divorced and remarried at some point. And that's a, that's a trend line or everyone in these, they, they struggled with some level of addiction or they struggled with anger or they cut people out of their families. And that influences me. And maybe you want to look and just go, how can I make sure that doesn't happen going forward? Or how can I look back and see the blessings, the, the, the legacy of faith and how can I continue that? But just as parents to be aware and to be honest and have these conversations with our kids, I think are so important, but most of all to have grace. Every family, the center of every family has to be grace because we are going to fail. We are going to mess up. And we want to make sure that we have at the center of our family, this center of the grace of God that says we're all broken uh, and we, we all fail, but we all are also made in the image of God, which means we have infinite potential for good if we surrender to him. So uh, we want to thank you guys for listening in on this week's episode and uh, helping your kids to love Jesus and his way of life even more. And we will see you next week. <laughs>